The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 174 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. In this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I am talking to Tremont Smith of WGK in Mississippi about his path to partnership at the firm. Tremont is a really, really interesting guy, really, really heavily interested in the technical details of engineering, but was able to also become a partner in a firm which you don't often hear. In this episode, you're going to hear him share his goal in his career to this day, which has absolutely nothing to do with partnership or ownership in his firm, but this goal ended up getting him there. He also gives a really interesting answer, and an answer I haven't had before, on a routine that he practices in his engineering career. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I am a licensed professional engineer who practiced as a civil engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. I've also had the honor of authoring the American Society of Civil Engineers Careers and Leadership column for the past few years. Before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free, so we ask that you please support them. And now, I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Menard Group USA. Do you have projects where you are faced with building on soft or loose ground? Does it seem like all the good sites are taken and you're always building on poor soils that are a challenge for conventional foundation approaches? Menard may be able to help. As a specialty ground improvement contractor, Menard works nationally and internationally providing design-build ground improvement solutions at sites with problematic soils. Menard's techniques include controlled modulus columns, wick drains, earthquake drains, stone columns, dynamic compaction, rapid impact compaction, and soil mixing. Typical projects include warehouses, buildings, material storage piles, processing areas, embankments, roadways, port facilities, storage tanks, and containment structures and platforms. In many cases, ground improvement is less costly than traditional approaches such as removal and replacement or piling systems. Menard works closely with civil, structural, and geotechnical engineers to minimize foundation costs for wide ranges of soil conditions, structures types, and loading conditions. To learn more about Menard Group USA, for help on your next project, please visit www.menardgroupusa.com. I also want to mention that we just released the schedule for our upcoming engineering management accelerator programs, which include a blend of people skills, project management skills, and seller-doer business development training here at EMI. You can find our programs at www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Click on the training button. You can also contact us to discuss these programs at 800-920-4007. That's 800-920-4007. And we can tell you more about the details and the upcoming schedule of these programs. These programs have helped many engineers develop their people skills, their project management skills, and their business development skills. 
And they're not one-and-done programs. They're spaced out over time, and we offer implementation support by the way of Q&A calls quarterly for up to a year after the program. So we don't just try to teach you some new skills and then turn you to go and use them on yourself, kind of throw you to the wolves. No, we're here for you over the course of a year to help you implement these skill sets on the job. So again, you can check them out at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. All right, so now I'd like to formally introduce our guest for this episode, Tremont Smith. Tremont is a board-certified environmental engineer from Edwards, Mississippi, and he's an associate at WGK, Inc. He graduated from Jackson State University with a bachelor's in civil engineering in May of 2006. He was the first licensed professional engineer produced at Jackson State University, where he received his master's in civil and environmental engineering with an emphasis on environmental engineering in 2014. Tremont plays an impactful and influential role in the company and assists with the training and growth of all staff from design to project management. He works with municipalities, architects, and other engineers and some residential and commercial clients as well. Tremont has the privilege of writing NCWS exams and provides projects for and mentorship to JSU senior capstone students. He's a really, really bright and interesting guy. And with that, let's dive into our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week with Tremont Smith. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now I'm excited to welcome our guest onto the podcast today, Tremont Smith. Tremont, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks for having me. I briefly introduced you to our listeners already, but in your own words, can you just tell them a little bit more about you know what you do in your job on a daily basis? I do quite a bit. I'm in the management role, and we have a small firm. I do everything from designing all the way up to uh, marketing. My days are sometimes uh, design, sometimes I'm marketing, sometimes a little bit of a mixture of both. Sometimes I'm training staff. Today, I was training staff and designing. I kind of work a broad spectrum, everything underneath what we do, especially given we're a small firm. Being a small firm, you tend to have to learn everything. So I pretty much uh, work across the spectrum. So tell us a little bit about the firm WGK. What how big? What kind of services do you do? Where are you located? Well, WGK is mid-sized, a small-sized firm, approximately 25 employees. We're located in Clinton, Mississippi. Uh, we work a lot with uh, municipalities. Uh, we also do commercial work and in industries. We focus on uh, everything under the umbrella of civil, environmental, transportation, water resources, water supply, wastewater treatment. We do not do uh, geotech, do not do structural. But outside of that, we pretty much the the full spectrum underneath civil. And surveying as well? or Yes, and surveying is uh, part of our organization. Uh, we have a small surveying department. It's very useful having them in office and in-house. It kind of helps to streamline some of the works. I know from my own work as a civil engineer, you know, having that survey department in-house can make all the yeah. difference. I mean, first of all, just in terms of getting projects, because sometimes you yes. have kind of that inside track if you're able to do the surveying. And then the coordination becomes a lot easier between kind of the different departments, which is, I think, beneficial and can give you a definite advantage. Yes. You became a junior partner at your firm in 2018. And I know we talk to a lot of civil engineers and a lot of them get into their careers and they always have this goal of, you know, I want to become a partner in my firm. Talk to us a little bit about your journey. Was that something, was that a goal of yours? Was that something that you wanted to achieve? I can't say it was necessarily a, a goal to be a partner. I think all engineers as a whole, 
I think at some point we have the dream to own our own firm or that's something we would aspire to do at some point. I think all of us have that thought. I've always aspired just to be a great engineer and uh, to learn everything I can in my craft to be the best at it. In turn, it's brought me to the level I'm at. So uh, I can't say I was directly shooting for it. It's kind of like an extra bonus. Your goal is to be the best engineer you could be, continue to develop your craft. And by doing that, you found your way to that partnership level. And and just in general, maybe you can explain. I know every company is different, but at the level you're at at this junior partner, is that like an ownership in the firm? Was that leadership or management? What does that entail? It's a little bit of everything. It's most definitely ownership. You're growing, of course, growing from a junior to a senior. The goal is to transition to run the whole place. So you're essentially at some point you have to do everything. As a junior partner, I'm pretty much operating as a senior partner, but at a lower level. So Mm -hmm. management, going chase work, uh, marketing, training the staff, assisting with picking uh, employees that come through the door, stuff like that. So pretty much everything. When you achieved that level of that status of junior partner, how did you feel about that after your career and getting to that point? What was that milestone like for you? It was huge. It's one of those things you don't know if you were ever obtained, whether you're going, trying to go through partnership or build your own firm. It's not for certain to actually make it to that level. When I wasn't really focused on it, it felt great. And uh, you feel like, you know, it's a, a new beginning, but uh, a great beginning, a great start off in my career. You said something earlier that was great in that you really just focused on being the best engineer that you could be. You know, you didn't have a goal of partner. You got there because of what you did, which is awesome. Take me back to that a little bit. You know, you get into your career, you have this goal of just becoming the best engineer you can be. What are some steps? What are some things that you did to develop your craft? How did you sharpen those skills? Just talk to us a a little bit about your journey and how you did that. The first thing is uh, being an an owner. I kind of view being an owner as you have to pretty much be good at everything. I know that's oversimplifying it and that's not necessarily the case, but that's kind of how I look at it. And uh, it started off, I guess, uh, I worked very hard to hone my technical skills and diversify myself in the firm where I could do a lot. I operate on a, on a wide range in civil engineering. I'm good at water resources. I'm good at site development, transportation. I'm good at wastewater treatment, water supply, and um, operate officially across all those different disciplines. So some of it was just I was in the right place at the right time. There were a lot of different senior engineers. I was one of the new engineers. It wasn't many of us, many of us that was there that was at my level. And I got a lot of different types of projects and um, I was turning those projects out. So it was convenient to give Tremont a project. When you need something done, give it to Tremont. So in that process, it grew me. Of course, you're always trying to straighten your technical side and that's ongoing forever. But also with that, I started to break out and to do uh, project management and start to try to learn my way of managing construction, managing the contractors, managing the projects. It kind of progressed in, into managing the clients, actually conducting everything on my own. And then that transition into marketing, which is something I've always, you know, this is no secret in my firm. I told them I didn't care for marketing. I didn't want to do marketing. I've always been like that. But over time, I would say over the the last five years, I had to break that barrier in civil engineering. If you want to raise the ownership, you got to market 
owners bring in the work. So uh, it's an essential part of being an owner. So I had to break that barrier. I think I've been doing very well and growing at a pretty good pace in it because it's not natural to me. I'm an introvert, as I think all civil engineers are. It's something that has been a challenge. Overall, I think I've pushed to, through it. I'm at a point now where it's an afterthought. I'm open to learn everything I can about it and to jump in at every chance I get. I'm glad to hear you say that because I would imagine that a lot of civil engineers listening to this feel the same way you do about marketing, about business development. It's not natural. We weren't taught it. We didn't take courses in it. So it's not something that you're going to be comfortable doing. But at the same time, I think a lot of us know that sometimes you need to do what's uncomfortable if you want to grow in, in your career. And you certainly, you know, kind of made that clear here by, you know, if, if you want to be a partner and you're out there listening, you're going to have to do some of the things that Tremont's talking about, which is the marketing, which is chasing down business. And the only way to do it a lot of times is to do it. I mean, there's really, you got to get out there and you got to start doing it. First of all, Tremont, just going back a little bit, it's a couple of thought patterns here in terms of building technical expertise. I think sometimes you take one niche and you become a real expert in that niche and you develop it. But there are other times, and this was kind of my path in my career as well, like you, where you work at maybe a smaller to mid-sized firm and you're doing a lot of different types of engineering, site engineering, stormwater, you know, water, wastewater, environmental. It sounds to me like you've you know, been able to get good at a lot of different aspects of civil engineering. And would you say that you did that by just, it sounded like you were getting on, just getting pulled into projects and then learning the stuff. First, I'd like to give credit to God. He, you know, he put me in the right place at the right time. And uh, I always wanted to be the nuts and bolts engineer. That's the kind uh, I wanted to be. Didn't want to go in and project management straight out of school. I felt if I did that, I wouldn't learn how to design. And I wanted to design. I think some of it was uh, my uh, tenacity to learn and also being in the right place and having all those projects come to me and me spending the time at work and outside of work to learn. I spent a lot of time and still do. I spent a lot of time uh, reading engineering and studying things. And uh, I think that's what helps me hold all of it that I was learning and taking in. And it helps me continue to uh, maintain and juggle everything and learn. So I think a lot of it was a, uh, my effort mixed with the timing and the projects I was getting, because you have to get the type of work to learn the work. And uh, I was getting the work and uh, I think I was successful in turning the work around. So it just made me an obvious choice. You're very committed to learning, yes. digging in and doing what you have to do to learn the technical concepts. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think if you want to become a partner, an owner, a leader in a civil engineering firm, having the technical background in my opinion, makes it easier because if you want to lead a team, if you know what they're working on and you can talk to them about it and talk about the concepts, that makes it easier. If you want to sell civil engineering services, you need to understand what you're selling and how you can improve a site. And so all those things make sense to me. So let's switch gears here a little bit now. Let's talk about people. Dealing with people in civil engineering is critically important. We're working on teams. You're working with municipalities. You're chasing down work. You're doing marketing maybe presenting to agencies and boards. So talk about your people skills and how you develop them and how you, you know, started really being able to work with people beyond the technical concepts. I used to joke around when I was in the office, when I was out a lot of when you're communicating and working to me, a lot of it's just BSing around and you talk about the work a little bit of the time. I stopped watching sports in college, so I don't keep up with sports. Mississippi is a big hunting place. And that was most of the conversation, sports and honey as the filler. So uh, 
I used to joke that I don't do those things. So it's very hard for me to kind of engage. But over time, I just relax and just start talking like you and I are talking now. And uh, I still don't know much about football. I still don't hunt, but it wasn't necessary. You know, I'm a well-rounded person and I can talk to people from many different walks of life. So uh, I think that's suited me well. It was more for me. I just need to step out and do it. Once I started doing it and engaging, the more I engage with people, the more natural it becomes, the more it's, like you said, it's just a conversation. And uh, of course, people tend to work with people that they like. So as they, as you develop your relationship with them, maybe they give you a shot on a project, you know, you use the project to show your technical skill and how strong you are in performing. Hopefully, once you've gotten them to like you, develop a relationship and you have an opportunity to produce a good project, you have something you can build on and continue to grow and maybe have a repeat business and word of mouth from that customer as well. It was really just about having conversations with people, just talking. Just relaxing and just talking. At the end of the day, marketing, you're selling your company, but they have an idea of what you are and what you do. You're actually in front of them because they need an engineer. Maybe not you specifically, but they need an engineer. So, you know, at that point, it's how do I make them connect with me and where I stand out differently from the other engineers who do the same thing that I do? I think I'm a very likable person when you subtract the engineering. So I just had to remember that and apply it. We do some training here on networking, and I I try to tell people that people like to do business with people that, number one, are good at what they do, and number two, that they're comfortable with. And, you know, a lot of engineers are good at engineering, but you need to make people comfortable with you, like you said, outside of engineering and get them comfortable with you kind of as a person and conversing with them. So it's great to hear that. So another thing I wanted to ask you about was, again, thinking about becoming a partner in a company is, you know, business, finance, like the business side of engineering. And so, We talked about you developed your technical skills. You talked a little bit about how you started talking to people and building some of those people skills and relationship building skills. And you become a partner. And I would imagine too, you need to really start thinking about business side of engineering and finance and stuff like that. So talk about now how you had to start thinking about those concepts. As you step into the owner, when you're working, starting out, you're more sitting there. Your manager is directing and controlling what happens. They're thinking about the billing and cash flow, stream of cash, and keeping work on your table. As you transition into the owner, you have to start about feeding yourself and others, providing work for you and others, trying to continue to grow where you have enough for your staff. You have to think about what you're doing. uh, And quite honestly, it's a business, so you have to think about cash flow. And you have to manage your projects in a way where you can maintain, stay billable, but at the same time, um, do everything you need to do. Some projects are not always immediately billable, but they need to be done. So there's some juggling going on between what you can build for and what you can't, chasing work, creating a backlog. So you start to think on a much bigger level and more about everybody instead of just yourself. And how do you start to learn those concepts? Is there training provided to you or are you just digging into financials? I mean, obviously from the technical side, you said you were a learner and you dug into that stuff. Now, how do you deal with that when it comes to business? As you become an owner, the inner workings of the business have to begin to be divulged to you and you have to start training to to take that over. There's a deliberate effort to bring me to a point where I'm a senior partner. The company is an open book to me. I can access anything I like, and I also can request any training I want. I can go anywhere I want. Because it's a small firm, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that we have certain things in place or protocol. And it's because it's small. Everybody's very hands on all the time anyway. And uh, you're talking a lot and communicating. And I think it, with that, that kind of helps you get to where you need to be. But in my particular firm, I ask a lot of questions. I'm going to learn regardless, <laughs> but it's just because of who I am. But my firm is set up so, like I said, it's so hands-on. You got to have your eyes closed not to learn anything. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those places. It's not really big, you know, where you got two, three hundred people and you have a system and you have steps and everybody goes through the same channel. We do have a, a structure we try to push them through. It's a guide. It's not set in stone. It just uh, depends on their skills and their strengths. Listen, I think that there are benefits to working for small companies, benefits for working for big companies. But I do think one of the benefits of working for a smaller civil engineering firm, which I did myself for some time, is exactly what you say, is that you really get thrown into everything because there's just the way it has to be, basically. And that really gives you the opportunities to learn all the different aspects of the business. Really, what I like from this conversation, what I think a lot of our listeners will appreciate is I can see a lot of civil engineers out there that have this idea of maybe becoming a partner, but have a lot of fears around the idea of, I like technical, I learn technical, I don't know about dealing with people, I don't know about project management, I don't know about business and finance, but from the conversation that we're having here, you kind of were like that too. You know, you're yes. really good at technical and you were a little bit leery about the other things and you achieved that junior partner status. And it sounds like a big reason for that was because you were open to learning yes. new things, yes. even though maybe you were a little bit fearful of it, but you were open to it and you pushed through that fear and you took it on. And it seems like it's been helpful for you. You've been able to keep learning different and new things. As you grow, uh, I guess that's one of the things, you know, it's always different levels you're going through and you master one level and you arrive at the next level with a whole bunch of more challenges. You just got to understand that. It's an ever learning process. Once you conquer these challenges, you have more. So that's the way you, you rise through the ranks is to continue to level up and to continue to master your challenges and learn at each level where you grow at that level and you're comfortable at that level and you grow to the next level just by default. You mentioned that you were doing some training today and I know you do some training there. Talk to us about that a little bit. Like, How did you get into the training side of it? And I would imagine that doing the training is helpful for you developing some of your skill sets. Well, it helps reinforce it, sometimes refresh. But the training is, uh, I'm one of the more senior person, people in the firm, first and foremost. I've learned a lot. So it's appropriate for me to teach and train in our office based on our situation, our dynamic. Like I said, it's not anything protocol. It's, we have projects. We have staff members. We want them to get involved in it. The senior partner or the partner who has time or has this skill set, we jump in and we train. And since I am operate across a broad spectrum, I train quite a bit. You've gone through your career. You're young still. You got a lot of ways to go, but you've accomplished a lot so far. You developed the technical skills. You conversational skills have built. You achieved this junior partner level. What's next for Tremont? How do you approach your career now in terms of where you want to go? The goal is the same. Be the, the best engineer I can be. It's proven to be a great guide, and I'm going to stick with that. Thinking bigger, of course, I would love to grow the firm and say I did that, to grow the firm and grow me, but I think I've said that. 
what I really like about your approach, and I've had the the pleasure to interview you know hundreds of people through the podcast, and goals comes up a lot. You know, the idea of having goals in your career, but I like that you have a really simple overarching goal, which is to be the yes. best engineer I can be. Obviously, not necessarily an easy goal because there's a lot of work to be done to be the best engineer you can be, but it's simple and easy to state it and tell people like, listen. I want to be the best engineer I can be. And everything that I'm doing on a daily basis is focused around that. And I feel like having that kind of North Star that you can move towards on a day-to-day basis is great. And as we've heard from you, if you can do that and move forward that, there are a lot of other potential successes that can come to you through that, even though they may not have been your primary goal. And The doors open up, so to speak. Yeah, right. The doors open up, the opportunities come to you. And I like that approach a lot because I do feel that sometimes engineers have the goal of maybe becoming a partner or maybe doing something specific. And you know, you lose sight of just really being a great engineer, which is I think yes. what a lot of those other things come from that. So with that, we're going to pause for a second and then we're going to come back with Tremont and we're going to finish up by putting him on the civil engineering hot seat. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, we're back with Tremont Smith from WGK down in Mississippi. Tremon, thanks so much so far. You've given us some great career advice, but now it's time for us to put you on the civil engineering hot seat. You ready to go? Yeah. So are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or lunchtime routine or something that you do consistently on a daily basis that has contributed to your success? Honestly, no, necessarily. What I have found that I do but it's not something that I set out to do. It's kind of started happening. I found myself sitting around and as long as I'm not interrupted, I can get wrapped up in a daze where I'm thinking about engineering and work and all the things around it. And before I know it, two, three hours have passed. I've found myself doing that more often than not. And I've found when I do go to work or I'm engaging, I'm actually in a sense meditating on what's to come and what's happening and what I'm doing. So when I'm in these situations, I've kind of already thought about it a lot, you know, just from that happening. And that's just comes from me. I'll sit still and, you know, I love what I do. And uh, as you rise to an owner, you're pretty much always thinking about your work. You know, you have to turn it off, but you're always thinking about it because there's so many different things that you have to oversee and manage. Indirectly, I found that has been very helpful. And I've probably been doing that now about a year and a half. And it's not a set time. It's it's just kind of, I sit still too long and two, three hours can pass, as long as I'm not interrupted. And I guess that's a form of my meditation. Wow. So it's like these pockets of like deep thought that you go through. Yeah. That's interesting. And you don't hear that yeah. a lot these days with all the distractions that people get. So it's good that from time to time you can do that. That's awesome. Tremon, is there a book that has been helpful for you in your career professional development that you might recommend to others, a book that stands out? Again, I have to say no. Reason I would say that is because uh, most of the stuff I read is just engineering generally. I read a lot all the time and everything pertaining to engineering. When I'm reading something that's or listening to an audio book of something that I like, it's mostly something sci-fi. Almost listen like the Avengers movie in my ear. And, you know, staying with trying to be the best engineer I can be. Read every engineering book you have. Read them all. So you read a lot of technical yes. engineering content. I read other worldly things, you know, just like everybody else. But if I have a book in my hand, 95% out of time, it's something related to engineering. 
I would imagine if your goal is to be the best engineer you can be, you're going to be reading, reading a lot about engineering, right? And I have a curiosity. When I'm curious about something, I don't like to wonder. It's nothing for me to pop open an engineering book on a Saturday night at 12.45 a.m. That's nothing for me. It's just, I'd be curious. I want to know, or maybe I need to refresh my memory, something on my mind. I'm up. I'm going to grab the book. And most of the time, it's something related to civil engineering. It's not always technical. Sometimes it's just about the field, the direction where it's going, the different um, people that are entering the workforce and stuff like that, just anything pertaining to engineering. Next question here is, if you think back on some of the managers that you've had through your career so far, and I'm not asking necessarily to name anyone, you don't have to, but just in general, if you think about your managers, what about your favorite managers or what made them great managers? Like what are those characteristics that you've seen in, in really good engineering managers that you could share? They're my partners now, but I've had great managers in engineering, but there's one manager who it was not, I wasn't an engineer because I put myself through school. I actually graduated age 27, but the manager that I worked for was at a poultry plant. And if I could remember his name, I would call his name, but I can't remember it. What I liked about him was that he cared about how we felt, the employees. He went above and beyond his way to make sure we were happy. Not a okay happy, but really happy. He did what he had to do to accommodate us. And in turn, we didn't want to fail him. We didn't want to disappoint him. So he didn't have to be there for his machine to run well. I learned that from him. Like if you treat your people, if they feel good about coming to work and they love their environment and they really want to be there, you can go home and go to bed. They got it. So it's treat your staff right and focus on them. You need a team to perform. Without your team, you can't do anything. So they're important. That's what I learned from that manager because I was one of the employees that was looking to him and uh, I was getting a firsthand experience from it. So that's kind of what I learned. Treat the people that are around you, treat them well, create an environment where they can grow, where they can learn, make it a place where they're excited to come to work every day. I would imagine that he did that by having a lot of conversations with you. Yes, yes. He was very friendly, very down to earth. He talked to all of us the same. You couldn't tell he was the manager and you were the staff. But we respected his authority, his position. We respected his authority, but he was real down to earth person. And I just wouldn't say being down to earth. I've had a lot of down to earth managers. He had actions that matched what he was, you know, him being down to earth. All right, Tremont, I've got one final question for you. We call it the civil engineering career elevator advice question. So if you were to get into an elevator with a civil engineer and you only had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her, and you had to give them some career advice in that short period of time, what would your advice be? Learn everything in your craft, in your wheelhouse, master everything you can, and do not miss an opportunity to learn. Put all the information in your head that you can pertaining to what you do that you can use. Tremont Smith, junior partner, WGK. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the civil engineering podcast. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tremont. I really enjoyed that conversation and I said it during the interview, but the fact that he had such a, a simple overarching goal of being the best engineer that he can be, I really feel has contributed to his success because it's obvious through what he's told us here in this episode, that goal has really driven him to be the best technically he can be in the different disciplines of civil engineering and constantly be thinking about and reflecting on engineering. And because of that, 
he's had success in all the different areas of civil engineering profession, meaning management, interacting with people, business, finance, becoming a junior partner and on his way to senior partner and so much more. So maybe it's a message out there for all of you who really want to become a partner or promote people to think about becoming partners in your firm, to focus on being really good at what you do. And then those other opportunities will come to you. Or as Tremont said, all, a lot of other doors will start to open. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 174. And there you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.